This episode is brought to you by the Love What You Do Collective two-day business mastermind. If you are ready to step into 2019 and make sure this year is your best year yet in business, then why not join the mastermind and surround yourself with incredible powerhouse women who are ready to up-level their mindset, their motivation, and their business and life for 2019. Join us for two full days of jam-packed experiences, connections, collaborations, and amazing guest speakers. You can find out all the information via my website at periscopecoaching.com.au slash mastermind. And now let's jump into the episode. The Next Level Life podcast is all about mindfulness, mindset, motivation, and conscious entrepreneurship. My name is Christine Corcoran, founder of Periscope Coaching, business and life strategy coach. Each week, I will bring you a new episode with a thought, insight, or interview with an inspiring thought leader or successful business owner to help you push past your fears, tap into your purpose, and inspire your soul. Ready to get started? Let's go. Welcome to the next episode of the Next Level Life podcast. And oh my God, you are in for an absolute treat today. I had the absolute pleasure and honor of interviewing Mackenzie Marsloff, who is the founder of Delighted by Hummus and Cacao Ceremonial Drinking Chocolate. But she is this most incredible human being. She is so passionate about heart-centered leadership and creativity, and she literally gives her all in this interview. And there is so much goodness that I can't even literally like give it gave me goosebumps when I listened back to it. So I'm not even going to go into all the details. I'm just going to invite you to delve into this conversation and please open your heart and allow any guidance to come through as you listen to this interview. And I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Thank you so much for joining me today, Mackenzie. I'm so excited to get into this conversation with you today. I am so excited. Thank you, Christine. I really appreciate you having me. It's always an honor. I really appreciate you taking the time today, especially seeing you just moved literally to Hawaii in like most recently. So thank you so much for taking the time. Yes, of course. No, Maui is actually just making life more spacious and um, having me just stay tapped into my breath more than ever. So it's just a, it's a delight. I actually am more comfortable using technology and actually having a somewhat busier schedule now that I have this balance. So it's perfect. Nice. Well, just to get started, what I would love it, if you could just share a little bit of your story, a little bit of your backstory and how you um, have created Delighted by Hummus and how you then came to be invited by Cacao, bring it into the, you know, the Western world. So tell us a little bit about you and about how everything got started for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So I would say that I've always been very entrepreneurial. Uh, even when I was younger, I always wanted to have my own restaurants and I would come up with business ideas and it just wasn't the path that was necessarily encouraged within my household. Uh, it was, it was a household that was more so about going to college, get a degree, get a stable job and settle down. And so being a people pleaser, that's the path I had agreed to. But um, essentially, once I got to college, I changed my major six times and I really finally realized this is just not for me. So a semester before graduating, I ended up leaving um, university and I was studying nutrition at the time. And so I changed to a different course to get a degree in holistic or not even a degree, but a certificate in holistic health coaching. And then I moved to Australia. 
So I picked up and I moved to Sydney, Australia, and I ended up staying there for two and a half years and opened up a wellness center uh, where we did Pilates and nutrition on Crown Street in Surrey Hills. And it was really fulfilling just to tap into my entrepreneurial self because it was so natural and passionate for me, Uh, but I didn't know anything about business. So to be honest, um, my life back then, it seemed like it was really fun and exciting and and great, but at the same time, on on the inside, I didn't actually have a ton of fulfillment, and that's because... I was really bypassing a lot of healing that I needed to do with my family. So when I landed back in the States in 2012, I had sold my business and come back to Arizona. I, um, I started another business venture, got into a relationship, and over the course of the next two and a half years, I ended up coming out of that realizing, wow, I have a lot of healing to do. And in fact, what really woke me up to that was the fact that I had sunken into a depression and had, um, you know, slight PTSD from something traumatic that had occurred in my life. And I just really hit rock bottom. I had what people would call the dark night of the soul. And um, in that space, I didn't even want to be here anymore. And so that really had me ask myself, um, what am I going to do about that? And why am I here? What is the purpose of this life? And what what are we meant to do with this time that we have? And, you know, once I started getting a little bit better with the support system that was around me, I started just asking really good questions, um, such as what is my purpose and what am I meant to do here and what really makes me happy and who am I? And um, I just went through this total spiritual, some people would call it an awakening, but for me, it was the healing. It was my, it was the start of my spiritual path. And I was reading, I was writing, I was journaling, meditating, and long story short, I got guided to go to my first ayahuasca ceremony. And that is, ayahuasca is a plant medicine, and it was such a beautiful, profound ceremony for me. Uh, By the time I showed up to the ceremony itself, I was in a much better place. In fact, I was actually in a I was a totally different person. I was actually wanting to be on the planet and I was feeling just so much clearer and ready for the next phase of my life. But what I still didn't know is what is my purpose. And in that ceremony, the ayahuasca, um, some call her the mother. She answered that question and she said, Mackenzie, your purpose is to just spread your glitter. And that was her way of saying your purpose is to just be the light that you are. It doesn't matter what you do or how you do it, but that you just bring your energy to the room and to the people that you're around and in that you will fulfill your purpose. And for me, that was such a relief because I had grown up in a household and am, of course, in a society that really glorifies the grind and glorifies success and, um, you know, this, this quote unquote American dream. And so for me to know that it's not doing that fulfills my purpose, it's being. And so this just allowed me to drop back and breathe within 24 hours of that first ceremony. And of hearing this, this message, I was making my dessert hummus and I was just making it as a, you know, as a, 
snack that night. It had been something I'd been making for a while. But as I was making my dessert hummus, again, this was 24 hours after my first plant medicine ceremony, I heard another message. And I'm looking down at my hummus, stirring the chocolate chips in. And the message says, the, the guidance says, this is one way you're going to spread your glitter. And so within 24 hours of that, I had woken up and gone to the health department, gotten my food permits, and then launched my dessert hummus into farmer's markets within a week. And so really, at this time, Delighted by Hummus was my fourth venture, my fourth business. And I had had some that worked and one that hadn't. And um, all I knew going into these farmer's markets and going into Delighted by Hummus and working with that entity, I just knew that I was never going to write another business plan. I was never going to do business from a place of force. And I wasn't going to try to make anything happen. But instead, I was going to ask my higher guidance and I was going to be so tremendously present that I would have one intention and that is to spread my glitter. And I did that at the farmer's markets by asking people, what are they delighted by that day? And then, you know, was birthed, delighted by hummus. So what I have seen over the last three years of working with Delighted by Hummus, and I know I'm really answering this question in a long way, but um, essentially I've been on a journey of what Conscious Enterprise really is. I didn't know that's what I was doing when I started. I didn't have the words Conscious Enterprise. I just knew that my soul was was ready to build big business, but in a totally new way, in a way that felt good to my body, my heart, and my spirit. So now I'm here. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. So what was it that actually got you to the point where you were like, I want to do business differently? Like, what was, it? was it something that happened in previous businesses or was it like something that, was it the guidance? Like what? Yeah, it was probably a combination of things. When I had Glow Nutrition and Pilates Center in Sydney, I was really passionate and it was actually going quite well, but I still had uh, a negative money story. And so what would happen a lot of times when I was looking at the numbers is I would get scared and I would stress myself out because I'd be like, oh my gosh, we need to get more clients. We need to add more classes. We need to even, I even looked at like um, changing to a new location so that I could add more Pilates reformers because we were honestly capped out. So I was, I remember feeling more stressed than I should have been considering the fact it was going so well yeah. and considering the fact we had such beautiful people that would, were coming and it was such deep connections. And so that was the first little drop of like a little hint for me. And then when I went back to Arizona, I worked on a concept called Osaka Sun Blendery. It was a smoothie and juice bar drive-through concept. And it was really before even cold pressed juices had, had hit the LA market. So it was kind of just around that time. I kept losing lease deals over and over and over again when trying to start that business. And I was also in an incubator at the time where we would do financial projections and we would look at how many smoothies, let's say, would you have to sell in order to cover your overhead? And this was so scary as well because now you're basing your decision on whether or not to birth your entity on whether or not your spreadsheets line up. 
And while that might be good business sense, it actually goes against your intuition and it actually goes against what, what is possible when it comes to miracles. So I ended up walking away from that venture out of fear and also out of the fact that it was just feeling so forced because I wasn't getting a lease deal. And so then after that is when I went through my big personal journey and coming out of it, I just knew, like, I don't want, I I don't know why it just was so clear for me. I want to create from my heart only. I only want to trust my higher guidance and I don't want to do this from my head anymore because it's not really fun. So it was a combination of those things I'd say. And so would you say, like, do you have a certain way that you like to describe conscious enterprise? What does that mean to you? What it means to me is I actually like to replace the the phrase conscious enterprise with heart-centered enterprise. And so in the old paradigm or in the traditional way of business, typically what we've seen is people come up with an idea or a business plan where they make money. Right. And then they, and this is out of making a living and protecting their family, whatnot. And then they base all their decisions moving forward on that. Whereas in heart centered enterprise, you are actually number one, like you're, you've been doing the work to open your heart again and doing the work to, to live open hearted. And from that space, you are presented a vision. You are presented ideas. You are presented something that's so, important and meaningful to you that you know will be of service to the world. So it's like it's in in heart-centered enterprise and conscious enterprise, it's for the main intention of serving the whole, serving the collective, and then making your decisions from that space. Rather than letting the spreadsheets make the decisions, you let your heart make the decision when it comes to your team hiring, when it comes to um, what marketing you would do. There's just all kinds of, I have a big long list of what the pillars of conscious enterprise are for me, um, such as one that I love lately is authenticity within the organization. So a lot of times in the corporate setting and in businesses, These days, people can't speak their full truth. They can only bring part of them to the business meetings. They can only bring part of them to these decisions. And and really, the masculine side is glorified. And so what I like to do in my organization is give people a platform and permission to always speak their full, authentic selves, even if that means they're feeling scared. You know, even if that means they, um, they are worried about something or they've had a hard time at home or whatever it may be. It's like letting the person show up fully. And then that gives me permission as the leader of the business to actually be authentic as well. So that's one, for example. I love that. I love that. I was um, speaking to someone the other day and they were saying how if we, if feminine leadership was really a place where we could all step in and be comfortable, imagine like a board meeting with all women in the room. If someone walked in and had had a hard day or hard morning with the kids and come in and could visibly see that she wasn't doing well the meeting would stop you would see that she was okay seeing that everything was okay with her and then move on to the meeting rather than the opposite of the masculine coming in and going shove that leave that at the door and let's not even discuss it and then move on with the business things it's like a whole different world right if it's if feminine leadership was something that we could all be comfortable doing in this day and age 
Yes, I completely agree. And I think that for men and women, we're all being asked to be able to access and nurture and honor our feminine sides so that we can balance everything out. And and that's not to shame the masculine side. It's What's funny about it is that the more I nurture my feminine side, the more in love I fall with my divine masculine side as well, because both are so important. And it's just about bringing it back in balance. And so my entire team is women, actually. And this is absolutely a top priority to to encourage them. You know, it's it's intuitively picking up on, like you said, okay, we're in a meeting here. We're meant to talk about this, this, and this, but what's actually really going on? Because that's actually why we're here. We're here to really connect and we're here to really be there for each other. And we kind of see each other more than anyone else. Um, and so let's be family to each other in that way. When you do that with an organization, it does ripple out to the product and to the service or to the message that you're offering. So this is what I call vibrational marketing or the new way of marketing is you so you focus so intently on the essence of the organization and the integrity of the organization and that will inevitably be felt in the end product or service um, and it will be magnetic. So... That's what I'm out to prove anyway. And is that how you would then describe the reasons why you set the intention with the cacao as well? Or is that something completely different? Do you mean why I brought cacao to the world? So I heard you speak about um, where the, the way that you set intention with a cacao before you send it off. Is that something that you mean with the vibrational marketing? Oh. Completely different. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I know what you mean now. Right. So with cacao, um, it's a ceremonial drinking chocolate and we have a not-for-profit that sells the cacao. We make it, well, we used to make it in-house and now it's made in Peru by our team members. And what's important, no matter where it's getting made, is that, yes, we are holding the intention to really like maintain the sacredness of the product itself. We we don't want there to be mindlessness going into our food products, right? We want to actually infuse something with intent, infuse it with intention. So for us, it could be, we want to create more love in the world. We want to create um, a, a world of harmony, peace, compassion, abundance, prosperity, whatever it is that we feel the collective is asking for, or maybe even we're asking for, we just say that out loud and, that definitely is a part of vibrational marketing. I would absolutely agree. And But it's not the intention to sell more products. You know, it's actually the intention is just that it, again, would serve hmm. for the greater good of all. And when you will focus on what positive impact can I have on this one person, um, your organization and your products and service will grow. I mean, I have proof of that. But... If you're focusing on the growth, that's where things can get a little murky. You have to focus on the one person at a time or the one product at a time. And from there, um, you know, the, the timing is just, it's completely up to the divine. You get to surrender to it. But at least you know that you've brought such intention and integrity you know, to, the, to that specific product or service. So true. I 100% believe in that. When you're really focusing on the people that you serve, you do, it's, the business is ne it's inevitable to grow like absolutely um before we get into cacao because i'm like can go in so many different ways with this conversation i would love to hear you speak on i, I find that with passion-driven businesses and really heart-centered businesses 
I find that the people driving these uh, really struggle to charge their worth or charge, you know, have these real money stories around charging for their services. Before you were speaking about this and about how conscious enterprise helped you bring that to life. So could you speak a little bit about on your, like, did you have, have any trouble with charging for your products and, and that sort of thing? Mm, you know, I, I will say, I think it's easier to charge for a physical product than it is for a service. Um, when you're charging for a service, you have to really understand the energetic investment that you're making. And, uh, you know, now I do understand that energy investment, which is why I do charge if I'm going to do coaching. It's not something I do a lot. I don't do a lot of business coaching, but if I do do it, I take it on a case by case basis and I've been able to definitely quote unquote charge my worth at this point. Um, I would say back in the day when I was doing nutrition consulting, the topic of money was very uncomfortable. So to ask for someone to ask someone for money was very uncomfortable for me. But then as I've gone through a lot of initiations over the last few years, I have really practiced the art of receiving, which I actually think is something we are all here to learn. Mm -hmm. I think we are all here to learn to receive, receive love, receive abundance, receive resources, we, especially the light leaders, especially the ones that are out to have big impact in the world, we have to master receiving because if you can't receive, then there's nothing to give. So um, when it comes to, you know, charging for my hummus or charging for my cacao, that's kind of easy, right? It's like, well, here's the physical product. So you, you just have to take the payment to cover our costs, because we can calculate that in a spreadsheet. We can say, well, here was the cost of goods. Here was the warehouse and fee. Here was our margin. Boom. But for you as a personal person, like as a person to offer your service, your message, your time, there's no spreadsheet to determine that. It's on you to determine. And that's where I think people come up against it. So what I would just recommend is that you get so clear with your guidance system like developing your intuition and your relationship with your soul is everything. And so for me, if someone comes to me and says, Hey, Mackenzie, I really want to work with you in business. And I hear a yes to working with them. Sometimes I'm guided to charge them. And sometimes I'm guided to not. It's trusting that mm -hmm. there's no rule here. You know, I think in the coaching world, personal development world, people say, Oh, you better be charging this much for your for your services. You have to know your worth. That feels a little bit forced to me sometimes. And what my invitation is, is for us to drop into our feminine a little bit and really know on a case by case basis, you know, I'm not actually feeling guided to charge. Here's what mother earth tells me when I do that. She says, okay, cool. That that's what I was feeling too. And I'm going to circulate to you somewhere else. So she can say, Hey, if you work with that person, you work with that person, you invest your energy there. I know you're not charging them directly, but don't worry because I'm going to come through this avenue. So this is again where we have to heal our relationships with money is that they don't come, our money doesn't come from the person we're working with. It doesn't come from the product that we sell. It comes from mother earth. So all of the, the resources and the abundance is actually coming from her and she's going to make the make sure that your spreadsheets and your bank accounts are always lining up, but you have to be willing to surrender in your feminine to not knowing where it's going to come from. 
It's the masculine that wants to know the logical spreadsheet and go, well, this much is coming in here. This much is coming in here. Okay, can I pay my expenses? That's actually not really stepping into a true abundance story. If I open my spreadsheet for my budget and my, my finances, I just have a bunch of infinity signs in there. Infinity, 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 everywhere. That's my budgeting. Because I want to be open to infinite, right? And I also want to circulate infinite. So that's a little tidbit there on, on just charging for your services. You know, trust your intuition and just play with it. Mm. I love that. And circulate it. Like, I just love that concept of circulating it because it's like that concept of that there will always be more to come and go. Like, it's not necessarily just that's it. That's the last thing you're ever going to get. And I see that a lot in my business coaching clients with being able to receive. And that's a real struggle. Um, I find it really a lot with women at the moment too, that they really, really struggle to receive. So how would you say that you balance the masculine and feminine in business for you now? Oh, wow. I've been on such a journey with that. So the first thing when it comes to opening to my feminine, it was really just a journey of my, it's a journey into my heart, right? And it's a, it's a journey into our hearts. I'm talking to men and women at this point. So to be able to soften and open your hands and surrender and trust that, that your heart can stay open, it's even just doing that, even just laying down, I remember this, or I'm just tapping into my journey. I remember laying down with my palms open and that it was even challenging for me to just stay in that position. It was even challenging for me to just stay completely laying down with my, my feet going out to the sides and my hands open and my shoulders relaxed and just my chest open. And so I think what happens with women, because we're we've, or actually all of us, we've kind of become out of balance. We've gotten used to kind of giving, giving, giving so much and worrying and being all up in our heads that we have forgotten to just open our bodies and remember that we really don't have to do anything. We're being used, we're being guided, we're being moved through. And um, I would say that the main thing is it's like using the physical body as a tool. How comfortable am I just laying down, opening my palms and opening my chest, opening my feet? And then when you just sit in that, everything you need to work on will come up. So if it's, a, if it's a wound from your mother or father, if it's a trust issue that happened with a partner, if it's deep ancestral fear, if it's primal fear around not having enough money, about not being able to provide your, for your family, whatever it is that's in your cells that needs to be shedded in order for you to be a clear vessel to receive, then it will come up. And so that's my journey. You know, I mean, the plant medicines have really led me through this. And so to get into my entire journey, it, it would look rather complex, but it would, I would say that it's been a, a lot of inner child work. It's been a lot of um, heart healing. It's been a lot of mirror therapy, um, working with myself and, and just really having a lot of initiations on trust and surrender to really realize that I'm not in control and I've got to be okay with that. And, when I actually have become okay with that, things work out even better and way more miraculous. And so I spent a good amount of time dropping into my feminine and, and really surrendering. And then 
um, now, right now, I'm going through an initiation into my divine masculine in many ways. So what does divine masculine actually mean? Um, what does that look like? And we have it that the masculine means like work, 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 and do and force and um, maybe like lack of compassion, I find that people think that masculine means lack of compassion. And I'm actually discovering that my masculine side is incredibly focused, um, incredibly strong and stable. And just, I mean, pure love, pure love and pure of service. Um, so I am using my body as an indicator these days as which side of me is asking to be nurtured right now. If I am genuinely inspired to get on my computer and whether it's create, write an email, connect with my team or call a meeting, that's what I should be doing. But in the last couple of hours, my body was literally all it wanted to do was lay down on our air mattress because our furniture hasn't arrived yet and just lay there and just be my entire body was telling me that, but we had a quality control issue come up with Delighted By. We had some you know, team members that are needing some support, and I really realized in that moment, this is where I get to practice this. There's all these things that I need to do, quote unquote, but my body is telling me to rest. And so I rested. I laid down and I rested, and that's why now I'm able to show up here so fully with you. And, and if I wouldn't have done that, which I've done in the past, I've gone against my guidance, then I'm showing up half. You know, I'm not showing up fully and uh, in service in the way that I could be. So it's just learning. And so then I, and then I have this overwhelming sense of peace because I asked my spirit team to be on top of the quality control issue. I asked the invisible team that I know that I have to help my team members in that time because my body couldn't do it in the moment. And I woke up and they are taking care of it and they've so got it and they're all breathing and they're all good and it's fine. And it's almost Christmas. So it, this is, this is some examples of what I'm going through in terms of learning to balance it all. Yeah. Beautiful. And do you feel it's also the challenge of the masculine to be able to ask for help as well? Or do you feel that that's more feminine? Hmm, what is that? What is that? Okay, I know what it is. It is our masculine side that doesn't trust anyone else's masculine side more than our own. And so the, I went through that a lot in my businesses before I started hiring out a strong team. And I also went through it again with my own um, romantic relationship when we started working together on cacao. So I realized when we started working together, how much I wasn't healed in this area because I wanted, because I realized I was like stressing out all the time. I was like, well, why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you doing this? And you know, we need to do this and this and this. And he's like, whoa, I've got it. And I'm like, no, you don't. I have proof this wouldn't have happened this. And he's like, wow, you need to trust me more. And so I remember sitting in the bathroom and I was so fucking uncomfortable. And I was just like, God, why do I think he sucks at operations or he sucks at managing or whatever? Why is that? Like, I love my partner. I think he's amazing, but why do I think he sucks at this? And this message came in. I don't know what guide it was. It was probably Archangel Michael. And they were like, you don't trust anyone else's masculine side more than you trust your own. 
because you've had to develop your masculine side your entire life to take care of you, to provide for yourself, to make sure that things happen and that you're safe and secure, to be honest. I'd been doing that since I was a little girl because my dad wasn't around. And and so it's like the side of me that got that developed it and didn't want to trust anyone else with it. So over time, what I've done is just practiced by, um, you know, when Michael, if Michael does something in the business a certain way, my practice is to just be like, really trust and know that he was guided on that and, and build him up on it and be like, Oh, perfect. Thank you so much for doing that. And then when it comes to my team, at, at some point, I just had to learn, I can't do this all on my own. I have to learn to delegate. And it used to be that I couldn't, um, this is the one thing, the other thing I'll say about this is that it used to be that I did not want to have to delegate because it took me more energy to tell someone how to do it than it would be for me to just do it. And um, that will lead to burnouts, as we all know. So I am still working on being able to delegate, but I'm better than ever. Thank goodness. I have a team of nine and um, for Delighted By. <clears throat> and I'm getting way better at delegating, I will say. So it's freeing for sure. Mm, but it's a challenge to go through. Like that was so good. Like everything that you just said, I'm just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> like I so get that. Yes. That makes so much sense. <laughs> So then how do you feel you, you've built the trust with understanding that you're, I love how you talk about your entity or your business being an entity outside of yourself. And I think with passion businesses, we really struggle to do that. How do you then manage the trust with that? Um, wow. It is an everyday process. It's practice. So it, it's just practice. Basically, I have been invited into testing the waters. How much can I trust? And every single time I do, I have a miracle that happens. So delighted by, I have developed a relationship with her. She's a feminine entity. And I've d done that by writing to her and by really getting clear on what is she here to do and who is she here to be and how is she here to serve, which is different than me personally. Um, but I've asked those questions so that I can know how to serve her. And what I've learned is that she is like mother Teresa. She just wants to serve in love everybody. And she does not care who harms her in the meantime. She does not care at all about money. She has no qualms about money. She has no fears around abundance. She knows exactly who she is. She knows exactly what she's up to. And she is very clear on her soul contracts with individual people. So if we have um, a mistake that costs us $80,000 like it did recently, she knows that that doesn't matter to her. What she's trying to do is build a deeper relationship between that team member and her and also that team member and me. So she's trying to bring us together so that we can see out a soul contract and do deeper healing that is so much bigger than hummus. So it's these kinds of things that I've seen over and over and over again with Delighted By that I have just learned that this really isn't about hummus and this really isn't about how I think it's meant to go. This is about something so much bigger. This is a legacy of love that's being laid down. And... um I just know if it happens, 
it could look horrible to me, but delighted by just going, not all good. It's all good. I knew this was going to happen. I made this happen. I'm just trying to get your attention. So it's just practice. In the beginning, I was scared shitless and my nervous system was freaking out 24 seven. Um, but I, again, it feels like I've been through a lot of initiations of surrender. Mm, mm, good. So such goodness. Like, but then that would scare the crap out of me too. <laughs> so I heard you yep. speak at the ceremony, um, a couple of weeks ago that cacao, you feel like cacao, the entity really chose you and that you're really just on the journey of cacao. And it's almost like you have no control over it. It's just sort of doing its thing. So I'd love for you to share how cacao came into your life and what it means to you. Oh, thank you. So I was working with ayahuasca for a couple of years, as I've shared before. And because of my profound healing and shifts and experiences in those settings, I became extremely interested in other plant medicines, in shamanism, anthropology. And honestly, my hobby was like reading about all of that. So I was reading some books. I don't even know which ones. And the word cacao kept popping in to my awareness. And at the time I wasn't as open about my journey with ayahuasca because it's a bit taboo. And now I'm kind of like over it. I don't really care what anyone thinks because it's just done that much for me. So I can't help but share it. So my point though, is that at the time I, I really wanted to find a plant medicine that was gentler and that was legal and um, like legal everywhere. And that was, wasn't hallucinogenic and that I could share with my friends and family and maybe even have impact on consciousness. And that is what happened. The word cacao kept popping off the page and I was like, what, what do do they mean cacao? Like I know cacao, but are they talking about something different? So then I did some research and I found that the Mayans have been drinking ceremonial cacao for centuries and that it was used for both health and spiritual purposes. And I just became so fascinated in it. I I mean, I was doing so much research online at the time. There was no ceremonial cacao on the market, or at least no one claiming it except for one from his name is Keith and his name, he calls himself the chocolate shaman. He's in Guatemala. And if you want to get his cacao, you can order a brick of his cacao from Guatemala and it takes a month and a half to get to you. So I did that and it was it just felt so sketchy, like the way it arrived that I was staying at an Airbnb at the time. And so I remember like getting it and taking it to my room and it was just chocolate, but it was just that weird to me at the time, you know? So I take it to the kitchen, I chop it up and I whisked it, whisked it with um, some sugar some or maybe some honey or something and chili and cinnamon and vanilla. And then I drank the cacao and I set my intention. I knew how to work with a ceremonial plant. I already had had that experience. So I was... I was ready, but I was like, this is chocolate. So, I mean, it it can't be that big of a deal. I, no joke, just laid down on my yoga mat and just laid there for hours. And I felt my entire body vibrating. And it was just so heart opening and so connecting. It was such a powerful experience that I could only drink cacao twice a week. It needed just that much intention. So I started drinking it twice a week and uh, I became more connected to my business, to myself, to nature and to others. And I fell just madly in love with it. And very shortly in my journey with cacao, I was presented a vision. In the vision, it was just very clear. I just sat up. I had been drinking the cacao and there's this vision and it was cacao with a K on white canisters. And it said, this is something you're going to bring to the Western world. 
And I was like, whoa, that's cool. But I'm not going to do that for a really long time because I have all these other things to do first. And so within six months of hearing that vision, I got a very clear message. It's time to go to Guatemala. It's time to find out if you can bring this to the world because the fact that this didn't already exist made me think that it's not possible, that to get a native strain of cacao, it was going to be too rare to actually bring it in large quantities. So I had heard this message, it's time to go. And I'm thinking, worst timing ever. I'm still completely racked up in credit card debt. I'm still knee deep and delighted by stuff. And at this point though, I had so learned that I have to follow my guidance. And so I did it. I booked this flight on a credit card and I went to Guatemala. And of course, things really lined up miraculously. I actually ended up being introduced to a woman and showing up her, her doorstep and her, and she said, I, I was waiting for you. I knew that an American was coming to talk to me about cacao and bringing it to America. And I have chills just saying that actually right now. And one thing has led to the other. It's just been a totally guided, beautiful love story, me and cacao. And there's been heartbreak in that um, because it's been such a passion project. I've only ever cared about giving people, giving people cacao who are ready for it. Even if that means one person a month, even if that only means me, if I can access the ceremonial cacao and no one else wanted it, that'd be fine with me. I never started it to like bring it to the world in a huge, huge way. But that is what's happening naturally, which is so fun. Um, because what's happening as we do that is we're, it's a not-for-profit. So we get to contribute to saving these native strains of cacao. And essentially, ceremonial cacao is coming out of the jungle and coming into the Western culture and opening the hearts of humanity again. And so this is assisting us in our businesses, our creations, our family healings, our romantic partners, and our connection to our spirituality. So that's my whole story with, with cacao. <laughs> And I think, I think that's so needed right now, right? Like people really do need to connect back in with what's important and heal the hurt from the past. Otherwise we're not going to be able to move forward in a place of love. Like it's going to be driven with so much fear. So I think that's amazing. And I just want to acknowledge you for doing that and listening to those guides and going to Guatemala like crazy. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> So I would love to, I'd love for you to share, what do you feel that you've learned about yourself over the journey of your businesses? What have I learned about myself? Literally everything. I always say that Delighted By has helped me become the woman that I always wanted to be. And I continue to become that person every day. It feels like I was telling you before we started recording that I feel like I'm in school every single morning I'm in school of conscious business and I learn so much about myself. Um, where do I even start? I guess I'm just really learning my true nature, you know, our true nature. It's not just mine. Like our true nature is calm. Our true nature is tapped in. Our true nature is abundant, creative, delighted by life, uh, connected to others and involved in, you know, with intimate conversation and intimate relationships. And so I'm, you know, in that I have learned to give myself deeper permission to thrive and which is why I just moved to Maui. So it's like, how can we do both? How can we serve the world in huge ways 
and make sure that we are thriving. Um, and so for my, my physical body has just like gone through the ringer in the last few years, but in the best way. And now I'm just like returning to exactly where I need to be in order to serve in a bigger way. Like I need to be grounded. I need to be surrounded in nature. I need to have quiet environment. Um, so yeah. Do you have a specific question? Like maybe what have I learned about blank or something? Because it's like, I don't even know where to go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like actually even just like, I love it how you really talk about how you're, using like you recognize that within yourself that you need this to be able to connect back into all these things to keep you in alignment so what would you what advice would you have for someone who is struggling or that is constantly stressed about their business but they're so passionate about it they want to make it work and sometimes when you're in that place it's really hard to think well how do i think abundantly like how do i you know what i mean like when you're really in that space it's so hard to get back into an abundant mindset so what, what advice would you have for them to get back into alignment? Mm, it's for me, business is all about personal growth. So that is what the entity has in store for you. Like that's the sole contract. It's between the entity and the human so that the human can grow and evolve. And so I would say two things. Number one, I, I said this already in this call, but just to really develop your intuition and how you develop your intuition is by asking very good questions. Ask better questions of your higher self, whether it's you put your hand on your heart, close your eyes for 20 minutes and just ask questions and then start seeing what really comes through there. And you'll be able to start noticing, is that my head or is that my higher self? And when you can do that, then you can come into contact with any experience and then become realigned. So even if you're freaking out or you're stressing out because you don't have enough clients, you can always sit down, put your hand on your heart, close your eyes and ask, what are you trying to show me? What am I being asked to lean into right now? What am I being shown? What is wanting to come up in me or be released in me so that I can be a clear vessel for the higher good of all? It's, it's asking these kinds of questions and then pausing long enough to hear the answer that is going to let you come back into your breath and into your alignment. So at the end of the day, if we're just trying to make our business work, that's not going to work out because our business business is chaotic. You know, business is so up and down and it's all over the place and it comes and goes in the seasons. I mean, there's just so much. It's, it's chaotic in a good way. It's like the perfect disorder. It's the pure feminine when it comes to business. But for the human to be in alignment, we have to not focus on how do I make my business work and we need to focus on how can I be the kind of person that can hold this beautiful organization that is serving the greater good of all. How can I develop myself further so that I can speak more love, light, and truth into my products or services? How can I be the kind of person that can be an example for my clients? How can I be in deeper embodiment of pure, unconditional love and alignment? So it's like all of these questions, the more and more you ask those, the more down and in you go, which we talked about that in the ceremony, it's really just an inward journey and when you go there and you look there and you feel there and you be there long enough what happens on the outside especially in your business 
it's just, it naturally starts falling into place. Um, and, and remember what falling into place means doesn't necessarily look like what your brain thinks falling into place is. If someone looked at my business right now, like I just got off the call with a potential investment firm and I told them all of my challenges. <laughs> I said, these are all of our challenges right now. I don't think I have enough time to tell you all of them. But I'm going to try. I'm going to go fast because the reality is it looks like a shit show, <laughs> you know, but then when I tap into my heart, when I tap into the hearts of my employees and when I tap into the hearts of the customers, everyone's really, really happy and really, really fulfilled. And that means we're doing something right. So Beautiful, beautifully said. And I'm literally like going to have to type out all of those questions and make sure they're in the show notes. Everyone has them, yes, yes. <laughs> especially for myself in my office hall, for sure. So I would love Aww. to know what's next. What are you feeling called to, to do or to feel into for 2019? Oh, so much. So in 2019, I am establishing a structure for myself that is going to serve my feminine creativity and also serve my entities and um, serve my body. So I've been traveling for a lot in the last few years and I've been going, going, going and serving these visions. But at the same time, I'm actually craving more structure because I actually read something recently that when you, that the masculine structure when you provide that, it allows the feminine really flow. So I'm excited to wake up in the same time zone for the majority of 2019 and have my time that I'm really focused on delighted by, which does require both my masculine and feminine. And to have my time where I get to really focus on cacao, also developing, you know, or continuing to invest in my romantic union. Um, and then lastly, having this space of, of creativity. So I'm really, I feel so creative all the time. And a lot of times I, I don't go create more or birth more because I already have so much to quote unquote manage. It's like, I, f I feel like I already have so many kids. So why have more? <laughs> like, why would I do that to myself? And so what I'm really hoping is that in 2019 that I get into a flow that is, um, that is a perfect balance of nurturing my current children in the form of businesses and birthing new ones. And if that new one includes a physical child, then I would take that as well. So we'll see. Ooh, lovely. How exciting. So much, so much happening. So um, two questions there. One, I'd love to know how you get into flow. Is it something that you, is there anything that you do? And two, is there any like non-negotiables or habits that you have that you do on a daily basis to keep you in, in, I guess in flow, but also in alignment for what you want for your life? Yes, of course. I was actually just writing about this. So number one, I drink cacao every single day and I may be biased. I probably am. But for me, that really calms my nervous system and ensures that I'm creating and leading from my heart, not my head. It's just a beautiful ritual for me. I do that every morning. And another thing that I have to do every single day is put my feet on the ground I love walking outside and what I know, and I want to say this for any entrepreneur that's listening or any business owner, any creator, when you're outside for an hour or more, this is when real clarity sinks in. So if you're someone that gets overwhelmed or stressed out or in your head, you got to just get outside and stay there for an hour or more because it's crazy 
the clarity that happens on the other side of it. It's like mother earth starts telling you the truth. It's like you were there, like you were on your computer for five hours and you're like, Oh my God, it's crazy. And you go outside and mother earth's like, mm, now you're back. I can tell you the truth now and what's really going on and the awarenesses and the guidances. It's just amazing. So for me, I have, have, have to be in nature. Um, it's the number one thing just to get grounded. I put my, I put my hands on the trees and I put my feet on the ground and I actually breathe that in. I have to do it. Or if I get, if, if I go in the ocean, it's the same thing for me. So I would say those are my top two. And, um, another thing, another practice, and I'm not good at it yet. Like I'm not excellent at it. I'll say is to just take the phone and turn it off and say, I'm not getting back on it until tomorrow morning, or I'm not getting back on it for four hours from now or until my body is a full body. Yes. And so for me, when I laid down today, I kept my phone in the car because I didn't even want to be notified. And then when I was ready and inspired to get back on technology to email you, I went and got my computer and then I messaged you from there. So it, for me, it's like a, a technology shutdown is a part of my daily ritual as well. Nice, nice. And I think too, like, like you were saying before, those non-negotiables, I think 100% so important. And when it comes to like myself, like nature is big for me, but it's one of those things that I don't prioritize. And I think that I really need to start doing that, especially day to day, like prioritizing to get outside. So thank you for saying that really was a beautiful reminder for me. But I think too, with structure, I find like freedom is one of my highest values. And I think even though it's like goes against what everyone says about freedom and, and structure, I feel like structure really does give you that freedom. And when you're totally. able to like, you know, schedule all that stuff in and make it happen, there is so much freedom and, and comfort and stability that comes from that as well. Yes. Oh, I completely agree. And it's a case by case basis. You know, like I, I want to set my routine and set my structure and then also give me giving full permission that if I'm intuitively guided to something else, but it has to be intuitive guidance. It can't be like, oh, I'm just not going to do that mm. when the intuitive guidance is to do it. But, but I completely agree with you. And I'm finding that it's, it's already benefited my life by, by aligning with some sort of structure each day. Mm. I love that too. Like even when I'm thinking about now planning for the new year, there's got to be an allowance for letting some magic happen. Because if you structure too much, like I agree, you structure too much, you don't let other possibilities come into play. Yes, exactly. Oh, for sure. We don't want to be too rigid about it mm. to where we then like miss the synchronistic connection that we had just attracted. Mm. And so I would love to know how you planning. Do you plan? Do you sit down and sit with your team and plan out what, you, what you're planning to do for 2019? Mm, like, do I sit with my delighted by team? Is that what yeah. you mean? And are you asking, do I plan out what 2019 is going to look like or mm. What I've done is I've set some intentions and objectives with them and said, here are my thoughts on how, on what we do need to put in place in order to get there. And what do you think? Um, so like always giving, you know, everyone that, that space to take initiative for themselves and say, well, here's my offering on that. Here's what I'm going to do. And um, so you know, we do have more, we have more structured team meetings in place. We even have like, we have team meetings to discuss logistics and we have team meetings to contribute to the personal growth of each person on the team. So in 2019, we're going to have really fun things. Like we're going to do inner child work on a team oh, call. Cool. Yeah. We're going to do, um, 
one of my dear friends, Natara, she is an, she does energy work within corporations and she can actually help you realize how you respond into specifically to stress and how everyone's different in that way. And so we're going to have like a whole month based focused on that and um, help people work through some things energetically so that they're not, so they're feeling less and less stressed. So these are things I've laid out and for myself, yeah, I, I hold myself accountable by telling Michael, Hey, tomorrow or eat each day. I've said, this is how my week's going to be in the morning. I'm going to do this for the first two hours. And then the next four or five hours, I'm going to do this and then I'll be done by one. And so then you can expect that, you know, that's our nature time. So I'll see you at the door. Mm. So yeah, he holds me accountable to that. And we just negotiate before like, Hey, today I'm really in my creative flow. Can we push it back an hour or Hey, today is just my body saying, no, let's get outside now. So we just flow with it in that sense. Mm, nice. Nice. And I know we've talked a lot today about conscious entrepreneurship. So I would just love, is there anything that you're seeing that you kind of disagree with or anything that you're seeing that, you know, maybe I haven't asked you yet that you'd like to speak on? Well, I've seen lately um, and often actually businesses that make decisions from fear based on their spreadsheets. And I spoke about this a little bit in the beginning when I was talking about my journey, but when you know that something would be good for your business intuitively, but then you change your mind or you don't do it because of the spreadsheet. And because it was, you know, essentially from fear, like financial fear, that for me is what I'm, I'm out to do it differently. And it's been a really nice example for me to experience it firsthand so that I can know that no matter what our spreadsheet says, I know that I need to value offering personal development to my team members, for instance. You know, I need to value offering these kinds of courses or um, a team retreat uh, for next year, whatever it is that we're doing, because otherwise, you know, what's the point? Um, and so that, that's, that's one thing that I've kind of seen lately. And, and then the other one that is really big is inauthenticities within the workspace. So I find that within the corporate world and within certain businesses, many of them, like I mentioned before, you can only bring some of you and you can't speak your full truth and they don't ask and they don't really want to. And it's, it's meeting, 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 meeting. So there's no time for someone to say, Hey, can I, can I tell you what came up for me in that conversation? Or, Hey, can I, can I let you know that like, actually that triggered me? Can I, can we just talk about it? It's it's so fascinating to me to watch these corporations do it in the in that um, go 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 way because there's zero connection, there's zero connection between team members between um, the team and the upper leadership. And so I'm really out to build organizations with a deep sense of family. And it's not easy, you know. It's not because you do have tasks that need to get done. And so I'm just in this like deep experience and embodiment practice of applying it to my team and really asking, how are you doing? How's your heart today? And I only can only imagine that would be successful because honestly, when you see businesses and companies fail, it's where they've lost that and they've lost that connection with their people and they've lost. You know, they not even allowing that connection between their people and the purpose of the business. Like, you know, I've worked with business owners in, in corporate for, for many years and there was a real disconnect and even a wanting to keep it separate. 
like it's so interesting, but it's like if you just got to know them and supported them and understood their dreams at the same time as sharing your dreams with the with the business, like they will be more likely to be a part of it and want to be there for long term. Like it's, I love exactly. that you said that. So that's amazing, awesome. So, what are you most excited for in twenty nineteen? Oh my gosh, I'm so excited for honestly for delighted by to go through this rebirth because we've been growing so we've been growing really quickly and I'm just excited to see the the internal organization evolve and provide a stronger foundation for her for delighted by to continue to thrive but just have the stronger team than ever and um, really reach the right customers and then I'm excited for cacao to be able to be sold in Australia. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I know, right? So we are working on that as well and it's looking really good. So really stoked to be able to offer our Australian customer base um, onshore shipping and everything else already listed. Just being yeah. in Maui, you know, um, being with my beloved Michael and we have an event. I have an event coming up in June and it's on Conscious Enterprise. It's two days and it's a ceremonial event. It's, it's going to be cacao and a static dance in the morning. And then the whole time, I'm just going to really go deep into my journey, my story, and hopefully offer these transmissions that I've been blessed to receive through dozens of ayahuasca ceremonies and through my firsthand experience. I'm just ready to offer that to the world for whoever is wanting it, whoever is willing and ready. I'm so passionate about heart-centered leadership right now. And I'm just ready to see creatives really thrive. Like I'm ready to see entrepreneurs who are so wanting to serve, to, to create freely and to be successful financially at the same time and to just to have it all. So that's, I'm, that's another thing I guess I'm excited for in June of next year. It's here in Maui. Awesome. That's, I literally just wrote a post on Instagram about that, like being able to support creatives to bring their passions and their gifts to the world. Like honestly, it's something that will help change so much of the world and we need more of it. So amazing. <laughs> I just love that. I love that you said that. Um, so how can we find out more about this event? So on my Instagram, you can go to Mackenzie Marsliff, um, that's the handle, or just go to the Cacao website and click on event. So flycacao.com, F-L-Y-K-A-K-A-O.com, and then click on event, and it'll bring you to the webpage. And um, yeah, the Instagram handles are Delighted by Dessert Hummus, Cacao Drinking Chocolate, and Mackenzie Marsliff. Amazing, amazing. I'll make sure all of the links are on the show notes so everyone can jump on and be a part of it if they feel called to. So thank you. I just want to take this opportunity to acknowledge you for all the incredible work that you're doing in the world and the way that you're consciously just following your heart and showing up in this world in such a beautiful way. Like your energy just blows my mind. Like when I was at that ceremony, your beautiful, calm, genuine wholeness, like is just beautiful. So thank you so much for bringing that and for joining me today on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Oh, babe, you gave me chills. Thank you so much for seeing me and receiving me. And it's just a mirror of your beauty and light and love as well. And so I'm glad we're, we're both out there doing the same work and that we got to talk about it today it means the world. Thank mm, you. Thank you so much. The conversation was beautiful, beautiful. So juicy. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much.
Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening. And I hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Next Level Life podcast. I'd love to hear any takeaways that you've had from today's episode. So please share with me on Instagram and Facebook. And if you feel so moved, please pass this episode on to any friends or family that you feel may benefit from it. Looking forward to speaking with you next week. And here's to taking your life to the next level.